0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode of the Four Star Classic podcast. My name is Austin Jones. This is Xavier. He is my co host. And you may have heard us on the Empowerment Project. You may have heard us on um, the Still in Developmental podcast. This is the Four Star Classic, and it is our wrestling podcast. Xavier and I are both huge wrestling fans have been our entire lives so we figured we already shoot the breeze about wrestling why not make a podcast out of it Mm -hmm. so to start the very first episode we kind of wanted to give a viewer an insight into our personal taste for wrestlers and kind of you know things that we like and things that we don't like So we thought, what better way to do this than to do our top five favorite wrestlers of all time? So how we'll do this is we will start at five and work our way up to one. I'll say my fifth favorite. He'll say his fifth favorite all the way until we get through our list. Does that sound fair? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. My fifth favorite wrestler all time. And this may come as a shocker. This is a dude you really don't see on these lists a lot. Yeah. The American Nightmare Wrestling's last Prince, Cody Rhodes. So Cody Rhodes, I I've loved this dude since WWE. You know, he came in. he was the young gun. He was doing his tag with uh, hardcore Holly. Then he does Legacy with uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Randy Orton, and that was fire. And then you get Dashing Cody Rhodes, and then you get, was it like uh, Disfigured Cody Rhodes, where he had the mask? Oh,
1: with the mask, yeah. Yeah, and the
0: paper bags, and he killed it. But what really set me over the top with Cody Rhodes, I believe it was 2013, when he was tagging with Goldust, his brother, and, and they worked that program with the shield mm-hmm. and they brought dusty in and they ended up winning the tag titles and ever since then he that he's just been my dude you know he got stuck mm-hmm. with the stardust gimmick and that you know
1: it it happened you know well, look, we're not going to talk about that that we could do a whole episode on the. Um... It, it, it
0: was a thing it happened <laughs> But then, you know, he gets his release. He goes to the Independence. He's a babyface. He's a heel. He's killing it. He's an AEW now. He's the executive vice president. Uh, he works his program with MJF, and now he's doing it with the Dark Order. I just. Everything about this dude, he can cut a promo. You know, he's not your Kenny Omega five star classic. You're not your Kurt Angle wrestling machine in the ring. But this dude he's a total package and he comes in at fifth on my
1: list. I feel you man i'm 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 excited for this list. I think it's gonna be very interesting. I'm about to about to shock some people set the world on fire. Thank y'all for listening. We hope we're gonna get this going keep going good. number five on my list Sasha banks
0: yes I should have seen it coming.
1: yes, you heard it correctly. Sasha banks. Do I need to say anything else? Look, yes, Sasha Banks, she she's just it. Like, that's what you want in a professional wrestler. She can give you a good match. She cuts promos. If they will ever cut her loose and let her actually be the heel, she will be even better. But that's a conversation for another day. She, is, she works around the clock for the most part. She had that one little stint where she took some time off, re-found herself much-needed, much-deserved. Like, ever since she got to WWE, even before, she had to take over matches with Bayley. Needless to say, five-star matches around, like, everywhere. You see them, like, everywhere. They, like, I, I don't even know what else to say about it. Like, she she can work. She talks in the mic. Like, her character is always over the top, and that's just how, that's how it is. Like, that's how she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be the one. She's supposed to be the the one who's... Doing the extra stuff and just over the top—that's her. If they would ever let her be heel, I'm telling you, they're doing this thing all wrong right now. If they would let Sasha be a heel, I think it'd be ten times better. But needless to say, I'm still going to watch it anyways. So number five on my list is Sasha Banks. Much respect to her. Love her.
0: Yeah, I you know I should I should have seen. I, I knew Sasha was going to be somewhere on that list. I just knew that when you know when wrestling gets brought up with X, Sasha's right there. Yeah, that's just how it is. Number four on my list, and this is a dude that he's usually higher on these lists, yeah. but he he's number four on mine, and that's uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you think I was going to have a top five list without this dude? I mean, if you you say pro wrestling, and there are three dudes that people think of immediately. Hulk Hogan, John Cena, and Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Yep, this is the yeah. dude
0: that got my dad back into wrestling. I'm named after him, the Austin, and my name comes from Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, like my dad, you know, he will still rewatch old Stone Cold stuff and call me in there, and we'll watch thirty minutes of Stone Cold stuff together. This yep. dude, he could go in the ring. He, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even have to explain it. It's Stone Cold you, Steve you Austin. Don't, 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 what? So what? What? One beer? What? Two beer, what? Three beer, what? Like you don't it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. You don't have to explain it. He's just that dude. So There's that, that. Stone Cold Steve Austin, number four all time on my list.
1: I I feel you, bro. I feel you. And I look, people are gonna hate me because Stone Cold's not on my list, but dudes gotta understand. I love Stone Cold. Don't come at me talking about some, oh X what are you talking about? Don't come at me like that. This is our top five personal favorites. I didn't get to grow up watching Stone Cold. Obviously, I've gone back, know the history, all this stuff. I love Stone Cold. He just didn't make my top five personally, so don't come at me for that. Number four on my list, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, look, we're not talking about – this goes all the way back to the TNA days. Yes, sir. Samoa Samoa Joe in TNA – was a different breed, man. I'm trying to tell you. If y'all don't understand, y'all never seen that? Good on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Samoa Joe and TNA was that dude. you will learn, I am a very, I'm very much a, I like the guys who are no-nonsense, get straight to the point, let's do it. Which is a complete opposite of Sasha, but that's for another day. So, Samoa Joe is coming out. He's not going to cut you a 15-minute promo, but he's going to beat you down. And there's nothing you could do about it. He won't come up, throw up the Samoan sign, and there's nothing you can do about it. He can come out with the towel. It doesn't matter. The dude was just a different breed, and he was in his L-man TNA. Obviously, we're happy he's in WWE now, getting his bag, getting his money. We're happy for him. The dude's always been a favorite of mine. He's going to come to the ring. He's going to beat you down. It's no nonsense. And if you need him to, he cuts a heck of a promo. He's one of the best promo guys in the business. He just doesn't have to because it speaks for itself. Look, Samoa Joe, all the way back in the day, that's number four on my list.
0: So that ties actually perfectly into my number three, because my number three is actually Samoa Joe. You know, just going off what X said, you know, back at Ring of Honor, TNA, like 04, 05, 06, this dude couldn't be touched. I yeah. don't care what Bruce Prichard or Vince McMahon says that, oh, they weren't looking at Joe at the time. They're idiots for that. This yep. was the best pound-for-pound wrestler in the world. The stuff he was doing in TNA and Ring of Honor when Kurt Angle made his debut in the Impact Zone and they went head-to-head, that dude. place erupted, and it wasn't yeah. just because of Kurt Angle. Samoa yeah. Joe is that dude. And I would, I remember I went to uh, – last summer, WWE had a house show in Nashville because, you know, we're Middle Tennessee-based. And so it was uh, like the Brawl or the SmackDown in Music City or something like that. It was a network yeah. special. Yeah. And – It was, uh, I think, Ziggler versus Kofi versus Samoa Joe for the WWE title in the main event. And just the the whole building chanting Joe when he came out, that just speaks what you need to know. Samoa Joe forever is that dude.
1: It's like, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I've always said, and Austin can attest to this, I think you can get over – easier than you can get hate in this industry I think personally I think it has something to be said to where you get people to hate you but they love you at the same time there's yeah. only a few that can do that Joe's Joe's one Orton's one which we'll, Orton that's we'll get into that Orton Joe there's only a handful of guys that can do that Jericho how did I Jericho look need we say Need we need to say anything about anything else about Jericho I think there's a lot to be said by Getting people to love to hate you, if that makes any sense at all.
0: So, yeah, like, especially after the, you know, the cool heel became the thing with the NWO, there's only a a few guys that can go out there and actually make the crowd hate them and not be the cool heel. And you see that in Jericho and Joe and Orton and Edge. But, you know, Samoa Joe, number three all time on my list. I've always liked Joe at dude could go with the best of them. I was just watching a video on Twitter the other day from a 2004. It was a it was a bonus feature on a 2004 Ring of Honor pay per view DVD where him and Brian Danielson are doing or stretching two rookies out, and they're basically just having. I, I mean, I I don't know how to say it other than a penis measuring contest and their technical wrestling knowledge. You know, Joe will put a dude in a stretch and Danielson will be like, oh, well, you can actually do this better. And they're just going back and forth. And that's just – like, he he can do comedy. He can do series. And he can can do it all. So Samoa Joe, number three all-time on my list.
1: Number three for me. We're going to tie it back into another guy who's worked with Joe forever. AJ Styles. Look. Yeah. Look. AJ Styles, man, I – it's another one where I don't even know what to say, dude. Like, you want to talk about the definition of a workhorse. The dude's been everywhere. He's been in the Bull Club in Japan. He's I obviously was in TNA. He's in WWE now. It's a shame he's never going to be in AEW, but that's just my I, – I would love to see That's my personal opinion. But I think he's done after this last contract. He's making too much money, and I can't blame him for getting his money. Like, the dude's a workhorse. He can put on a five-star match anywhere with anybody, I feel like. If you put him in the ring, you're gonna get a quality match. Yeah. No matter what happens, you're gonna get a quality match. He's he's another one of them guys. He's borderline, love to hate the dude, can really piss you off if you want him to, which is what you want in the heel. And he can get that clout if you want him to as a face. There's nothing he can he's untouched on a mic. He can do whatever he wants on a mic. He can wrestle anybody. It's just like when he came in in 2017 and had that match with Cena at the Rumble. Like, there's nothing – like, what else do you need to say about that? AJ Styles on my list, number three for me.
0: AJ did not make my list, but, you know, I do have much love for AJ. I would like to note there probably is TNA bias here because growing up in Middle Tennessee, TNA was based in Nashville, so, you know – Especially when we were growing up, TNA yeah. was right on par with WWE for the first yeah. few years we were watching wrestling. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't last. but no, it didn't. Uh, you know, I got much love for AJ. Number two on my list is a dude we were just talking about, uh, Lee Champion, the Ayatollah Rock and Roll, uh, the Man of a Thousand and Four Holds. Nitro is Jericho. Raw is Jericho. Chris Jericho, uh, he's yep. got his 30-year anniversary show coming up this Wednesday on AEW. We'll, we'll get into that when we talk about Dynamite for this week. Yeah, uh, Jericho, I mean, what can I say? Uh, there's not much that I really need to say. He's, he's getting a 30-year there's anniversary not- show for a reason. Yeah. you know he. I, I've read all his books. I have all four of his books. I've read all of them. I'm currently rereading them again. I just finished. I'm about halfway through the second one right now. All available on Amazon.com. Uh, this dude, you know, he got his start in Canada. He was training with the heart at the Hart Family Camp. Uh, yeah, you know, he got stretched out in the dungeon. He was working Canada, working Mexico, Japan, Germany. He worked in ECW, WCW, WWF, WWE. I think the all what is TNA about and Ring of Honor about the only two places he hasn't gone. Yeah. And, you know, he went to New Japan, went back to WWE. Now he's in AEW. And, you know, and he, he hasn't skipped a beat. He can no. still go in the ring. He can He's definitely got it on the mic still. Dude, which, that- you know, we'll <laughs> talk about that when we get to Dynamite. But, oh, you know, he yeah. is everything you want in a wrestler. He can work babyface. He can work heel. You you throw him out there and give him anything, and he'll make it work.
1: Yeah that's for sure look jericho didn't make my top five but it's like you said before i got much love for jericho look when Jericho's jericho hits on dynamite you already know what's up like th- th- you're gonna sit down you're gonna watch it for sure yeah. you can see that. number two for me we're gonna start to get a little cliche but y'all gotta remember it's just when we grew up number two for me it- it's Cena, man i look here's what i'm gonna say about Cena probably the most controversial dude ever in the industry people hate him or you love him do I think he stayed around a little bit too long yes but I the dude put on matches like no other he was always there like always he was hurt I think he tore he had he has shoulder problems he's like he's never not he's always there if he's not hurt obviously not now He's doing movies and stuff, but I mean, the dude was there forever. He was there as long as I've been alive. So I, like for really my generation, this was our Stone Cold in a way. Like don't, uh, Stone Cold is in his own class. I'm not, don't, don't come at me talking about some, oh, you comparing the two. No, Stone Cold is on his own, okay? But just from a buy rate standpoint and putting the company on your back standpoint, Cena was that dude for my generation. I always liked the dude. Like there was a stretch there from like 08 to 2012. There was nothing he wasn't doing. Like there was nothing yeah. he wasn't doing. Even going before then, there was there was nothing he wasn't doing. So I think for my top five fairs, it has to be Cena just because of when I grew up. And to be fair, Vince literally crammed it down my throat every year. So I I guess I just I he he was always drawn to me. Like I remember being, seven eight years old and just waking up on Christmas and getting John Cena stuff, but. That number two for me is Cena. Uh, no,
0: well- I, I'll, I'll be honest, Cena did not make my list, and I honestly didn't even think about putting Cena on my list. I really, I get he was that you know he was the superstar, he was the brand of the, or he was the face of the brand. I didn't really care for him until he won the U.S. title and was doing the U.S. title opens, in, what was that, 2015 ish. Yeah. And from 2015 on, you know, I liked him because he he did try to expand his craft. But, you know, I never even thought about putting him on this list, to be honest.
1: And I, I respect it. I do. It's like I said, like, there's always going to be mixed feelings with it. I just had to put him on my top five because, like, that's just what I grew up on. Like, obviously, you grew up on the same thing. But that's just how I felt. I, looking back at the stuff now, the dude, he's not invincible. And they made him invincible, which we'll get into that later with, like, storylines and stuff when we talk about Dynamite and stuff. But I think, like, just for me, I had to put him on there. I felt like maybe he shouldn't be it too, but I did this on a fly. We'll see. So I'm sure they'll get at me. I'm sure they will. So number one all-time on
0: my list, uh, he is often, you know, I have all of his books. I've read all of his books. So that probably definitely plays into it. He's been called the nicest guy to ever be in the wrestling industry. Jim Cornette said he was probably a little bit too nice to be in the wrestling industry.
1: Um,
0: My supervisor where I work at uh, Pro Sports Extra is like friends with this guy. He knows him on a first name basis. He's been to his house, met his family. Uh, Top number one all time favorite, Mick Foley, Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack. Call him what you want. On and off the record, this dude is my absolute favorite of all time. Yep. From working in Texas and Memphis, WCW, then doing the death matches in Japan, the uh, working the working the Budokan Hall, King <laughs> of the Death Match, Cactus Jack, uh, goes to ECW, finally gets in in WWF. You know, Commissioner Foley, Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, he's my absolute favorite of all time. You will not find a nicer dude in the wrestling industry, and, you know, all he did was work hard at everything he did. He gave everything he had to this industry, and I have respect for that. This dude has some all-time matches. Mind Games 96 with Shawn Michaels, the Cell match with Undertaker, obviously, the death matches he was doing with Terry Funk in Japan, Backlash 2004 with Orton. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love Mick Foley. He is my absolute favorite wrestler
1: of all time. Much respect to Foley. That dude, I, I don't think there's ever been a dude to literally give his body to this sport and he's even talked about it before. If he had to do it again, he would have to think about it just because of the damage he did to his body. But much respect to that dude. As you agree, I said we we're gonna get cliche. I wasn't lying. Yes, it's cliche. Yes, it's predictable. But number one for me is the Undertaker. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about the Undertaker. Who I don't know how to say this. He doesn't need to come back. Okay, we were talking. We me and talk about this off camera all the time there's a certain point to where we love you, but we don't want you to come back. Okay. Because you're just going to hurt yourself. And Taker's obviously in a lot of pain. He's always been, he's been in a lot of pain probably since he started working with triple H in those WrestleMania's, I think 27, 28, even working with Sean in 25 and 26, he was probably in pain. then I, I don't think there's ever been a dude to literally scare the crap out of me as a six, seven, eight year old. Like, the dude would come out at the time SmackDown was on, I think, MyTV30 in our area, which is just, like, the local area. I think it was, like,
0: uh, UPN. Yeah, something UPN, like that. MyTV30.
1: Yeah. The CW. Yeah, the CW. And, like, the dude would come out, and, like, dude, I would be terrified. Like, you're just sitting there, and you're, like, you're mesmerized. You can't move. And there's nothing, like, there was nothing... There was nothing he couldn't do, and every like every documentary you watch, or everything, all he wants to do is do his best for the industry. Like, there's it's like you said with me. there's something to be said about that. Like, everybody you talk to says he's a nice dude. Obviously, he's the Undertaker. He's not going to talk that much, but you see him all on camera sometimes. He talks. He's fine. Obviously, he's got a family. He's married to Michelle McCool. I what do, what do I need to say? It's the Undertaker, man. Like I don't know. you know
0: sh- shouts out pulse we all know biker takers best taker yeah uh,
1: so i but, it's for me that that's where i'm at yeah
0: you know those that, that those are our personal top five list uh we just kind of wanted to start the show off just to kind of give you guys an insight to kind of what we like and what our kind of styles are and personalities so now let's get into this September thirtieth, twenty twenty episode of Dynamite. Yes, sir. So the show starts off with Darby Allen facing Ricky Starks. Uh, this has been building forever. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was a good match. You know, I really I thought it was a really good match. Uh, I will say that. Darby had a video before he came out. It was like a little video package. And I, this, that video sucked. I'm just going to say it. It, it sucked. It had, uh, I can't remember the dude's name, but he was like running down Ricky Starks. And then they showed a body bag rolling down a hill because they put Darby in a body bag in the casino battle Royale. That video was weird. Um, but the it, it was a good match. Taz is on commentary. Um, Brian Cage tried to run in and attack Darby. And uh, Big, big Hobbs came out and made the save. And they brought to the back. Uh, Darby ended up picking up the win against Ricky Starks. And they actually hit a million viewers during this match.
1: Yep. I... So like you said i thought it was a phenomenal way to start the show i always feel you need to start your shows especially your tv shows pay-per-views is a little different because people are actually paying to watch it not that you're not paying for cable or whatever you're watching on but it's different. difference i always think on tv you need to start with a high paced high tame match this is exactly what you got i think they have gold in both of these dudes if they play it right it's like you said with darby the video was a little weird i agree I, I want them to put the TNT title on Darby at some point just to see how he does with it. And Starks, I, I think Starks is walking money. I, I truly do. I think he's going to be a phenomenal heel for years to come. And I love the element of getting Brian Cage involved with somebody else because really, ever since the ladder master double, nothing he hasn't done much. But to be fair, they don't really have anybody his size to put up against him. But now they have that with Hobbs. So I love that angle I thought it was a solid way to start the show and as like you said apparently they hit a million viewers I didn't even know that yeah they so, uh, they
0: hit a million during the match and you know i I agree you can tell Ricky Starks he's you know he's been building his confidence every right. week that he's been there and he's got it now he he's yep. got it down he's got his whole character down
1: yep
0: uh so after this great open to the show they almost just single-handedly killed the show. So, uh, you know, last week Cody returned and, uh, Brody Lee challenged him to a dog collar match for the, uh, October 7th episode of dynamite. And we were told that, you know, this week Cody's gonna, he's gonna, uh, announce whether he's going to accept or decline the challenge. So Cody comes out and he is dressed like a vampire. That's that's the only way I know how to put it. He's got the super dark black hair. And not just like his natural color hair. Like this is four shades darker black hair. And he comes out and he's like, you know, my trainer, Al Snow, was, we don't shake hands for respect. We do it because we respect the people in the back what nothing about this promo he was trying too hard he was you know he's on this was straight out of an al snow seminar you know you respect the boys in the back you respect the business he starts talking about aces he's like you know some people call themselves the ace of this company which i can only assume is shots at kenny omega he's like there's three aces of this company here kia shida which i'm pretty sure he butchered the name um you know he he did put over shida and he put over moxley and lee because they have the titles he he, but he's jumping all over the place he's like uh uh, you know, Dynamite's a year old, I'm not the ace, Brody has the title, Al Snow. It he's he's jumping all over the place here. Yeah, And he's like, No, my answer is no. And
1: Look, at then, that they have at that point, they had me. I thought he was gonna walk away, they were gonna flip him, and we we were gonna be happy. Then he turned around and I was like Nah, bro. Like, I I wish they would flip him, but I I'll go when it's my turn. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. And he storms back in the ring
0: and he goes, "No, as in no regrets, no turning back. You enter different or you leave different than how you enter." Dog collar, I accept. And he's about to cry while accepting this, and it's it feels forced. Austin Gunn because when he leaves the ring, he has his back to the crowd, you know, waiting for them to start chanting Cody. Austin Gunn is the only person inside of all the Daly's place chanting his name. And he turns around, he storms back in, he goes, I accept. And Brody Lee comes out and he is pissed. Yeah. He is pissed. He's storming out. He's throwing his suit off. Before we get to this brawl, I'll let you give your thoughts on the promo.
1: I, I'm i with you. I didn't understand the promo. I'm not going to sit here and dog the promo because I've never been in a wrestling ring. I don't know what it's like to cut a promo. I didn't understand the handshake thing just like you. And I wish, look, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about this later in the show. They are slowly building to getting the elite all heel again. And I'm 100%, for, I'm 100% here for it. It needs to happen. I'd love to see it. I wish they would speed up the process, but I have to tell myself there's an end game to this at some point. When he turned around and waited on the ramp, I was kind of like, okay, what are you waiting for? And then he came back in the ring did the whole spiel. And then, as you said, Brody comes out. Brody Lee, like I, I already said, is Ricky Starts and Darby. They have done Brody Lee 110% right. The dude comes out, he beats the crap out of you. If you watch being the elite, they're already stars. So, I, and then we're going to get into the brawl. I The brawl, I had
0: issues with the brawl, but that's just... This what, brawl was awful. So, you know, it was cool. Like, Brody comes out, they brawl, you can do that. That is what it is. That's That's fine. But... Then, you know, they get together and they do the pull apart and Brody goes outside the ring and All the Dark Orders around him. Brandy Rhodes comes out and does a senton off the top onto All the Dark Order. And then Anna J comes out and her and Brandy are fighting. And then Nyla Rose just starts she jumps in from the crowd and just starts beating people up. This is not what I meant when I said put more than one women's match on your show. This isn't what that meant. Nyla Rose has been sitting in the crowd for about six weeks now. Just jumps the barricade and starts molly whopping people that were trying to pull Brandy and Anna Jay apart. They did the pull apart like four different times. To- Brody charged him like four different times.
1: That that was my issue with the brawl. It went I, way too long. I understand what they're doing with Brandy and Anna Jay. I, I really do. I get it. I didn't mind that part. I just let's like you said. I don't really. I don't necessarily like the flip on the whole Dark Order. But I understand what they're doing with her and Anna J. Because they got to get Anna J. Over. And whether you love Brandy or not, she's over in. She's over one way or another in that business. So I understand the Anna J. Brandy Abel. It'll be a decent match when it happens. We're going to see where when they do the match. But
0: I didn't mind that.
1: I didn't understand Nyla, Like you said, I really didn't. The brawl, I, I'm not going to lie. The brawl kind of made, kind of upset me. It was fine at first, okay? I understand doing the pull part and letting them run back two, maybe three times, okay? Because we were talking about this the other day. There's got to be a realistic element in this. You have 20 people out there holding both of them back. You're not breaking free. I don't care if you're 500 pounds. You're not breaking free from 20 people. You're just not, okay? That was my issue with the brawl. It went way too long. They didn't need to pull apart and dive in that many times. The match is already over. People hate Brody, and Cody's already over as it is with the fans. The match was already over. You didn't have to do that. To get the match over. It was already over. Now I understand if it's like a go-home show to a pay-per-view, but it's not. It's the anniversary show, which I guess is kind of like a pay-per-view, but it's still on TNT the next week. The brawl went way too long. I agree. I they if they would just do the brawl and let them pull apart and fight, dive on each other once, maybe twice, three times at the most, it would be a lot better. I agree.
0: Yeah, it it just it felt forced it went on way too long and it just wasn't
1: it wasn't timed well and hey, look so, I will... out there before we move on i love dynamite absolutely love dynamite it's my favorite show on tv right now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and don't like i'm not dogging dynamite i'm just giving my honest opinion i love
0: dynamite oh i am i'll absolutely dog it y'all will finally y'all will quickly figure out i'm the much more negative one and i i don't pull any punches Uh, so after the brawl, the Tony Schiavone's interviewing FTR because they're about to have the 20 minute brush with greatness that they, their open challenge or whatever. Uh, the young bucks super kick Tony Schiavone and FTR is like, Oh, why'd you, you know, it's easy to pick on him, you know, super kick us and the bucks just walk away. Um, and then that leads directly into a SCU interview. Where you know Scorpio Sky's like, Yeah, let's get the band back together. Let's let's do this tag team thing again. How about we don't? Uh so SCU they go to the, the camera follows them to go make their entrance and Sean Spears is sitting next to the curtain and it's just like, yeah, Good luck, SCU. Does does Sean Spears have a match on Dart to go prepare for? Uh, what are you doing on Dynamite? You, you're the dark guy, all right. You work dark, and that's it. You don't work Dynamite.
1: Nah, don't don't hate on my man Sean Spears like that, bro.
0: God. No, they. I no, I'm gonna hate on him because God. he was in lower card and creative purgatory in WWE and left just to do the same exact thing in AEW. I get it. He's got more time, and he's focused on his wrestling school and blah blah blah. But he's doing the same exact thing they had him do in WWE, which is absolutely nothing. He doesn't even Tully's not even his anymore. FTR took Tolly from him. I get yeah. he's still linked with totally and all that. He's got the loaded glove or whatever, but that's he's not on dynamite with Tully. Yeah,
1: he, I, I FTR I, 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 has Tully. I like Sean Spears. That's why I said that. But I agree with what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing with him. When, just like you said, these guys wrestling school. He's training people. I get it. But I I wish they would do something with him. Like, when he had that match with Cody at All Out last year, I was hyped. I, I was ready to go. And obviously, well, I forgot who won, actually. I think Cody, that was the one pay-per-view match Cody won, wasn't it? He's lost so. the rest of the- Yeah, that was the one pay-per-view match he won. And ever since then, Sean Spears has just slowly faded away. Which I've listened to some podcasts with him. He said, like he knows he's on the lower end in of his career. He's not trying to take opportunities away from the younger people. Which I, I totally get that. That's fine. He wants to help people do his School. I get it. I just wish if he was going to be on TV, they would actually do something with him because I like the guy. I think he's a great guy. I like his. I like his style. I like him performing. I wish they would just do something with him. So I get where you're coming from with that.
0: Yeah, so FTR, they uh, defeat SCU. And look, this match, like, I feel like I've seen this match a hundred times because SCU works the same tag match every week that they're on. And FTR, every FTR match has been the same. And, And, you know, I get it. You're at TVs, you get a formula. I get it. But. FT, like I, I got nothing against FTR. They're cool. It's whatever. like I'm excited to see them finally, when they finally face the Bucks, it'll be a great match. Get it. Stop with SCU. Break them up. Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky are too talented as singles competitors to have them sitting in a tag team. You know, we saw, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, when Hangman and Frankie Kazarian faced on Dynamite, it was a really good match.
1: Yes, it Scorpio
0: was. Scorpio Sky's been doing single stuff on Dark. He faced Cody for the TNT title. Sky is so talented as a singles guy.
1: Yes, he is. Break
0: SCU up, please. Please, just, I don't care to see them anymore it's nothing against them as individuals. It's just the team has run its course. It's not needed anymore. Uh, It's just, you know, it was your typical tag team match. You know, FTR got Daniels kicked from ringside. uh, Tully held the tights to help FTR win or held the foot to help FTR win. Uh, You know, Tully took the bump at the end, whatever uh hangman was on commentary for this match as you've as they've been doing they've been having hangman and uh kenny be on commentary and whereas Mm -hmm. kenny's adamant that he's a singles dude hangman you know he wanted to uh he still wants to team with kenny yeah but you know it it match was it was whatever you know it wasn't a bad match but you know like i said it just feels like i've seen it a hundred times
1: yeah, it's like you said. It wasn't a bad match at all. Because with FTR, that, that's their style. That's what you're going to get. And I, I like FTR. It's like you said. It's nothing against It's nothing against anybody in the match. I love all the guys. I love SCU. I agree, though. They need to break up. Kazarian and Sky are way too talented. More particularly, Sky. I love Frankie. He's just older. Scorpio Sky has... How do I put this? He's got, like potential through the roof. Like, I don't know if they're gonna put the title on him eventually. I can see him putting a TNT title on him eventually. I don't know if he'll ever blossom to a world title picture. I think he can. This is whether or not they will do it. He has so much potential as a single star. If you look at all the popular mid card guys in where it's going to go WWE, for example, throughout the years, who's the main guy that comes to mind when they break up It's Jeff Hardy. Okay. Him and Sky really have the same style if you think about it. They're both athletic as could be. Sky's Sky is the best athlete in AEW. Don't get that twisted. He's just that he's that dude. They like he's got energy throughout the roof. He can carry himself. He can do all the flips you want him to do if you want him to do that and stuff. He he, he has potential rating all over him. They need to let him run as a single star.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Get this man out of SCU
1: at all costs and i love christopher daniels i like me and christopher daniels go way back like i don't know the dude but i've been watching him forever the the dude he needs some time off to recover he's so stiff and it's nothing against him it's just he's been working so long your body's gonna break down eventually he needs some time off to recover the match was fine i I'm more. I would say I'm more interested in the angle they're doing with Hangman and Kenny on commentary than the match. I would say that. Yeah. But I, right, when we get FTR and Bucks, they need to give them thirty minutes. Say, try to go beat the Young Bucks and Hangman and Kenny on Mega Revolution, which is going to be a damn tough task to do. But they need to give them thirty minutes to say, go try to beat it and see what happens because that. That match right there, it won't main event, but it could be the main event. They'll put the title at the end, as they should, but it could be the main event.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, at the end of the, like, once this match ends, Hey, man, when you're still on commentary, they announce a world title tournament is announced. Uh, it'll be eight men, and the finals will be at full gear, with the winner of the tournament getting a AEW World Title tournament shot uh they the first three that were announced were jungle boy ray phoenix and kenny omega Mm -hmm. when kenny omega is announced hangman uh flips out he's very upset he's very pissed because his whole thing was oh kenny still hasn't had a singles match yet so you know we can still tag team and so they announced this and kenny's in the tournament and he's not happy with it
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: I'm not going to get too much into this, but I, I'm i assuming uh, Cody's going to win the tournament and at the pay-per-view, Hangman and Kenny will boil over and they'll officially start their feud. You know, I don't want to get into fantasy booking too much, but I imagine that's where they're going to take it. Yeah. Uh, so after this, uh, we get the Chris Jericho versus uh, uh,
1: Isaiah I, Cassidy
0: match. Yep. Yeah and this match uh, I, I'm going to be honest I um, heard it was a really good match everybody said it was a really good match I didn't really pay too much attention to it I'm not going to lie uh, I was kind of distracted but uh, Jericho obviously wins but uh, Isaiah Kennedy or er, Cassidy sorry, had a really good showing mm-hmm. what interests me is the boys the chaos project Luther? Goes, ah. Luther, Serpent, Serpentico, Serpentico, David Arquette, whatever you want to call on and off the record, shouts out Deadlock. Man, Jericho goes out, he turns around, he punches Luther. Luther's not taking it, he he punches Jericho, clotheslines him over the uh. Hold on. I got to close my window because my neighbors decided that they're going to do yard work when they've had all day to do it. Come
1: on, neighbors. know better than that.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to record, trying to put over Luther. Uh, so they go into it. Luther and Jericho, they're going at it. After the match, it looks like Hager and Jericho are just going to walk back to the No, no. They turn around. They start brawling with the Chaos Project. Chaos Project, they're not going to back down. They're not going to back down. So they're going at it. And it's announced next week. 30th anniversary show. Hager and Jericho versus Luther and Serpentico. Serpentico, David Arquette, whatever you want to call him. Because, look, I listen to Deadlock, the Deadlock Pro Wrestling Podcast. And Luther, you know, I'm a Deadlockite on the record, off the record. I'm a hog dipper. And Luther on Twitter he gave out the war cry he said Wednesday let me let me matter of fact let me pull the tweet up this Luther he he went on Twitter and he he gave a war cry he he gave a cry to everybody in the deadlock nation um here it is he said it's their ring it's their building and it's their F in town. But Wednesday, we've got our fans with us. The Deadlockites. The Hog Dippers. They spent their own dough to get here, and they came here to see us. All right, let's show them what we got. This dude, Luther, oh my god, he shouted out the Deadlockites, and then he went off the record with the Hog Dippers. I got much respect for Luther and Serpentico, Serpentico, David Arquette, whatever you want to call him. Next week, inner circle, Chaos Project, this match. Man, I'm I'm pumped. It's the most yeah. pumped I've been since Brody and Cody had their TNT title match.
1: Yeah. Hey. Hey, man. We only got two days left. Now look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I have no idea what you just said because I don't listen to the podcast yet. I need to. I, look, guys, we're very stressed for time, okay? We're both in college. We both got jobs. We both got stuff to do. So if I'm going to slip in, that's why. I got stuff to do. I still love what I do, though. It's like the match was good. I watched the match. The match was good. It served its purpose. I... uh, They need to figure out what they're doing with private party. Are they going to shoot them to the top of the tag division? Or are they going to let them do their own thing? I don't think they're going to split them up, but I don't necessarily know what they're doing with them right now. I know Hardy's there, working with them, getting them over, which is good because they are really young. They need that. It was a good match to it serve its purpose. Like you said, the main point of match was after, and you just explained it also. I'm not going to go back through it. But I just like you said, I'm excited for next week just like you. I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be something different. And obviously, we know Luther and Jericho go way back if Do do your history research. So... Yeah, that's like they um,
0: you know they were facing in canada up in 90 in the early 90s when jericho was you know they've been wrestling they've both been doing it for 30 years yeah you know AEW put out a, a video on twitter today hyping up the match and that's what jericho was talking about you know they broke in at the same time and luther went to japan and was a bigger star than jericho was in japan yeah and, you know he was working death matches he was working the Budokan hall <clears throat> the Budokan hall king of the death match yeah uh and now you know 30th anniversary show i i hope they let luther roll jericho up you know how it always goes in pro wrestling you never get to go over on your anniversary show or in your hometown so i'm hoping they let chaos project because look jericho and hager are not going to be hurt if they get rolled up for the Loss. No. They're not going to be
1: hurt at all. Jericho is one of those guys. He's pretty much untouchable. He could lose like 87 times in a row and it wouldn't matter.
0: Because look, they're just, uh, I feel like they're just filling time with Jericho until they put him in a program with MJF. And we'll touch yeah. on that later in the show. <laughs> um, I'm ready for that. I am so excited. So I feel like I could easily see Jericho letting Luther and uh, Serpentico get the win. I could easily see that happening. Yeah. So, after this, um, there's a Kip Sapien, Miro segment. Uh, Billy Mitchell is there. Uh, If you don't know who Billy Mitchell is, I didn't either. He's some (laughs) kind of world record holder for a video game. And I think he got caught cheating on the video game. And I think he's suing Cartoon Network. I don't. This was boring. Never mind. lame. And I just want to know who booked this.
1: Uh well, I have the I have the problem written down, but I don't remember it. I might have been doing something. Maybe I was getting my dinner. I don't know. Um
0: I hate uh, this gimmick from Miro. I'm gonna be honest. I, I hate it.
1: I don't I wanna see I, I'm one of those dudes where I want to see it run its course before I absolutely say I don't like it. Y'all learn that about me. I'm willing to give something a chance before I just dog it. So I don't, I, again, I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't under, because like, look, I like Kip Sabian a lot. Kip Sabian and Miro are not on the same level. Let's just make that very clear. Miro is above Kip Sabian, okay? So, why, like, I understand he got to get acquainted in the company, and I get it. I just hope there's a big blow-off match with this at some point. I don't know what that is yet, but we'll, I guess we'll see in due time. We'll see, so.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I don't, I didn't care for it at all it was whatever uh after this uh 10 of the dark order faced orange cassidy
1: part um, i love the dark order but can we please get these dudes some names please like ah,
0: bro that's 10 bro that's 10, ten. he's got can the
1: me, hair us some names like yeah bro i'm 10 what please give him a name
0: um Orange Cassidy obviously won. This played into last week. Uh, Brody Lee and Orange Cassidy had a TNT title match. And of course, the Dark Order was, you know, they were there. Uh, I believe it, I don't think I have it written down, but at some point uh, in the show, there was a backstage interaction between Best Friends and FTR. And FTR was just calling them, like, comedy garbage. And Best Friends were like, yeah, y'all are some weenies. Uh, which I I like Best Friends. I thought it was funny, Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy, calling them weenies. But I just wanted to touch, I just wanted to mention that. Because I can't remember where it was in the show, but I remember it did happen. Uh, Tin took Orange Cassidy's glasses and gave them to John Silver during this match. Yes, he did. And I love John Silver. This dude's hilarious. The match, I mean, it you know, it is what it is. You know, it's it served its purpose. It's Mm. what you would expect. Like I said, Orange gets the win. It's not you know nothing too groundbreaking. They just needed a match for TB.
1: Yeah. I I agree. I look. I love on cars. I I love Orange Cassidy. I like the best friends. I'm a little lukewarm on how they book them sometimes, but we'll get into that later. Like I don't think they should have won the. Um, parking lot match with Santana Ortiz. We'll get into that maybe some other time because I know we're we got time, we got time stamps, we got to meet. But it's like you said, the match has purpose TV. Orange Cassidy is about as over as it gets right now. Um, Jericho helped with that, of course. I, I love Orange Cassidy. I think, I think, cares for, I think the character is phenomenal. So, and then 10, you know, it is what it is. He's number 10, like, who cares? So, um, that's where I'm at. Can we get to MJF and Jericho's promo, please. Because I'm very excited, okay?
0: Uh, yes, that was next in the show. Uh, Jericho and MJF, just uh run it down real quick, uh, MJF comes in with Warlow to the locker room, and Sammy's like, you know, you what What, what are you doing here? And Jericho's like, you know, but, oh, calm down, Sammy. What are you doing here? Um, MJF got jackets for all the Inner Circle, but there's not one for Sammy. Yep. <laughs> and you know, MJF, you know, swears up and down it was, you know, Warlow's fault. It was not MJF's fault. He, you know, this is not MJF's fault. He didn't mean to do that. Um they so was it like October, November, December, sometime late twenty nineteen, AEW is in Nashville. Yeah. And they uh did the uh MJF, Chris Jericho, are you do you want to join the inner circle? Do you want me to yeah. join the inner circle? It, it uh, was they, the
1: show wasn't it yeah it was shock to full gear it was the
0: show after the pay-per-view yeah I, yeah because it led to the uh you know you know who the who the biggest jackass in AUW is yeah cody Rhodes. you know it led to that um, Yeah. so they revisited that um uh, and finally they cut at one point uh mjf was like oh that's such a jericho thing to do and then jericho was like such an mjf thing to do um uh, it got a little tense at one point, like they were kind of looking at each other. Uh, Hager and Warlow size each other up. Yeah. Like, God, I can't wait till Warlow gets his singles run. That dude, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, so they MJF and Warlow leave, and Sammy goes. Y'all, you know what? What a dork! That dude's a dork. And Jericho, uh, while he's sipping a little bit of the bubbly, goes. Yeah. Perhaps he's not. So I know you're a chomping at the bits to talk about this. So I'll step back and let you talk about your
1: thoughts. Let me tell y'all something right now, before I go any further. I love MJF. Okay. I've ever since we started Austin, ever since AEW started, Austin can back me on this. I've always been an MJF guy. Okay. Like MJF, my dude they like, I wish they put the, I wish he would have got the title, but I understand you can't take it off the box right now. He's too hot. So MJF and Jericho, dude, they're going to compliment each other perfectly. You want to talk about two dudes on the mic right there. They can sit there and have the same promo five times and I'll probably sit there and watch it. It's going to be honest. MJF's my dude. He, he's going to get crappy out of him by Warlow eventually, but that's all coming in good time. They did they did MJF right? Dude, they you want to talk about like hate when the crowd is at dynamite, obviously they can't be there right now. I think they're at like 20% capacity coronavirus. MJF is getting dogged. Like dudes getting booed, getting stuff thrown at him. Like it's ridiculous. And I love every second of it. If they do a problem with MJF and Jericho, I am 110% watching it. Like, there's no doubts about it. I will be there. I will set time aside. I'll record it. I'll do whatever I got to do just to make sure I can actually sit down and watch it. Because that that promo, right? That little program right there is going to be ridiculous. And I'm 110% here for it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. Because, you know, that's absolutely, they're absolutely taking this to a MJF Jericho program. That's just what they're doing. And it's going to be great when it happens. Um, I would like to see Warlow get his comeuppets on yeah. MJF yeah. first. You know, I'm I, a big Warlo guy.
1: I love MJF, but it's time for Warlow to go. He's yeah. He's the, he's, I mean, it's just
0: time for Warlow to turn babyface. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
0: that dude, that dude's money. That uh, dude's money. So after this, uh, Britt Baker makes her return to AEW, defeating Red Velvet, who. I believe uh, she was Red Velvet was what zero and six or zero and seven. They had it on her name plates during her yeah. entrance, which like y'all didn't have to do that.
1: Yeah, they they didn't have to. They uh, really
0: you know good old Jr. made his presence known in this match. He goes, you know, you uh, usually in uh, wrestling, uh, dentists are uh, pretty pretty ugly, but Brit Breaker, Brit <laughs> Breakers, she's beautiful and she's uh she's pretty thick. She's looking looking pretty thick. Um me and X have different opinions on JR. I can't really stand him. I, I think it's time for him to go. I respect what he's done in the business, but it, I think it's
1: time for him to go. I, um, I, I like JR. I don't think I could ever kick him out, but the comments against the females have to stop. Like I don't know about everybody else. I was always always raise you have to respect women. There's no ifs ands, buts about it. It doesn't matter what happens, what goes down. If you're a guy, you never I'm talking about ever disrespect women in any way like that, and I think JR has done that way too much. I cannot defend him on that. I never will. Personally, uh, aside from all the stuff he said that shouldn't have been said, like obviously with the Anna J. comment at double um, double or nothing, and all that stuff aside, I love the dude on commentary. I think he's great when he's good. If he's not, you can definitely tell when he comes out and he's just a little bit too relaxed. I, honestly, when his deal runs, I think I think Eschivera is going to take his place, which it needs to be. But I I have too much respect for the dude to kick him out, so that's why I, I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, uh, you know Jr. His whole uh, personality now he he is just he is attitude era Jerry Lawler. That's that yeah. all he is now. Um, it was a good match. Britt looked good in her return. You can tell she's been training and adding to her move set while she's been in yeah. rehab. She looks good. Uh, my, my gripe with this match and it's not, it's not even the match. It's just the program in general. Uh, every week they do this. They only have one women's match. It's the marquee. It's, it's the cliche one women's match. And I don't want to hear that. They don't have the talent to do it because Nyla Rose has been sitting in the front row for about eight weeks. Now has big swole been seen since the pay-per-view. No, Sheeta has not been seen on this show. Thunder Rosa, which NWA is not taping right now, so they can use Thunder Rosa as much as she wants. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the two women that faced Thunder Rosa and Sheeta last week. But, uh, you know, they have people. They have the talent.
1: Why do you only have one women's match every week? I'm with you. Give them the time. They're not going to, like... We're not serious saying they're the most talented right now, which would be completely fair to AEW. WWE has a lock hold on all the women who want because we're NXT and everything. Yeah. So, but it's like you said, they have the talent. They're not going to grow unless they get the TV time. Like that's my biggest gripe about it. You're going to have, you're going to have matches match on TV that we don't particularly care for. And that's okay. You're going to learn and grow from it. At least they're getting the opportunity. Yeah. It's like, that lander right now she they they put they were gonna send her to the moon but she got hurt which Britt was hurt nobody else is hurt we haven't seen rio in forever which to be fair i'm pretty sure she's in japan and can't travel because of the virus yeah but she's been rio uh
0: working a lot of uh, stuff in japan she's been working matches over there
1: yeah when rio comes back i put her back in the program when i i enjoyed it and it's been since so long since so long since we've seen it fine by me just give
0: Nyla a program.
1: Thank you. It's like you said with Nyla. They put her with Vicky Guerrero, who is iconically one of the most annoying managers ever, and you just don't let her do anything.
0: And my thing is Nyla did not need Vicky
1: Guerrero. Nyla could cut a promo. That's what I don't get. That's very true. And I don't mean Vicky's annoying in like in her character. That's a compliment to her. I love Vicky
0: Guerrero. She's a heel manager and gets it over. But she didn't need Nala Rose didn't need her.
1: Nala Rose could cut a yeah. promo. I I love Britt Baker. I personally wish they put the title on Britt, but I understand why they're not, because Britt was nose deep in the program with Statland, and when she got hurt, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure she was. It's been a minute. Don't put me on that. But it's like you said, they have the talent. Yeah,
0: they, uh, like... You know, Cody was just putting Sheeta over earlier in the show, and now she's not even on the show. You know, when's the last time they had a Dynamite where the world champion or the TNT champion wasn't seen? Or the tag champion? Yeah. You know, there's no excuse for not ha- for only having one match a week. And it's, you know, it's not like this is the first time they've ever done. They do this every week. There's just look, there's only one every single week.
1: Agree. There definitely needs to be more than one match. But if you're only going to do one match, at least put at least let the champion be seen. You do not have to be a match. Do a tag team match. That gets you four people, six people. If you're going to do a three man tag, like you can find a way to get more than one, two women on the show. You can do it. I promise, it's not impossible.
0: Yeah, but you know, like I said, uh, Britt looked good. It was a fine match. I, you know, my complaints are not with the match. It's just the structure of the show. So after this, they uh, tease next week's show, or not, they just run down next week's show. It's uh, the Jericho 30 year anniversary. uh, Inner Circle versus Chaos Project. uh, Brian Cage versus Hobbs for the FTW title. That's going to be on the line. And Brody is facing Cody in a dog collar match for the TNT title. Next week's show, it looks, I mean, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm excited, dude. So the main event segment starts, and Eddie Kingston. God, this dude is money. He yeah. comes out. He brings the ref out from last week. He's like, "Look, we've been boys, we've been boys forever. They, you know, we broke into the business together. We've been boys. I ain't tap out. I didn't tap out to Moxley. He put me in a chokehold. I didn't tap out. Why'd you call the match? Yeah. And the ref pretty much tells him, "Was like, you know, we're boys. I've met your family. I've met your kids. But you know, personal and business are separate." When I'm a referee, when I'm in that ring, I gotta I gotta protect you from yourself. You know, I had to I had to call the match. Yeah. And Eddie Kingston goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, hey, boys, kill him. So, yeah. uh, you know, Pentagon Junior and Ray Phoenix, they come out and they're about to, you know, kill this referee. And Moxley's music hits. Uh, and Kingston was like, "Oh, okay, Moxley, you got your big bob wire because Moxley came out with a bob wire baseball bat." Yeah, and Kingston's like, "Oh, oh big boy's got his bad. I'm I'm real scared now." He was like, "You know, I, I never tapped to you, Mox. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm a little beat up, so I'm gonna name your opponent this week. You know, and that's who you're gonna defend the title against this week. Yeah, I, I'm beat up, but you know, you're still gonna you're still gonna have a match. So uh, so Ke- er, Kingston is on the side opposite of the stage, and he's mm-hmm. got Phoenix and Pentagon Junior. and the hard cam is showing their backs and Mox is facing the hard cam. And all you see in the back behind Mox is the butcher up here. Yeah. And this was a great shot. I'll, I'll say this. Um, it was, it was an okay. Match. Um, nothing against the butcher. I like the butcher. It was cool that he got this shot. His style does work with Moxley cause they're two yeah. brawlers. Um, I was a little disappointed because I personally wanted Pentagon Jr. I wanted Pentagon Jr. versus Moxley. I thought that would have been a really cool match. But I get why they went with Butcher. Um, mm-hmm. Mox chokes him out with the Bulldog choke. I'm glad that they're establishing this as a yeah. Moxley finisher. Me too. And not just like a one-off. Like I'm glad they're working to make it part of his moveset. Um, but Eddie Kingston, he he's just he's walking money. He mm-hmm. he's he's a blank check and you write what you want cuz this dude like he just they just inserted him into the main event and he fits right in. Yeah. This dude is money uh after when uh cuz Blade Blade was blown up halfway through the match which I mean it's fair because or not Blade Butcher uh yeah. you know he's a tag team dude and now he's got to work a 15 minute main event with Moxley so you know I get it you know it's not a knock on him. But, uh, uh, Mox, he chokes out Butcher. He wins. Uh, Kingston is losing it at ringside. He is throwing barricades, freaking out. And that's how they end the show. And I thought it was a good way to end the show.
1: I did too. I, when Butcher came out, I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there with my family, you know, we're just chilling, watching Dynamite. It's like 840 here where we live central time. And Butcher comes out and I'm like, eh, yeah. I, don't, I don't really like the move. Now, I'm sitting there watching the match, and they're just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. And about five people by, and I'm like, all right, they made a good decision. Like, that's my bad. I judged it too early. That's my fault. So, I enjoyed the match. I, it, it was your typical meat and potatoes match. You're not going to get the pay-per-view quality. All right, let's start out with the lockup. Let's do this. Do all that. Get get everybody on before We actually get going. Because your typical meat and potatoes, I'm going to drive you into the canvas. You're going to like it, or you're not. Yeah. I enjoyed it served his purpose. I like how they're giving Moxley different style of opponents because with Brody, obviously he's not going to throw Brody around. Nobody is, so he had to do what he did there. With Jericho, he could do a little bit more with Jericho because Jericho's obviously lighter, but Jericho's older. So I like how they're giving him different type of opponents. I appreciate that. I was going to touch on the board i choke too. I like how they're establishing that because the whole big thing with MJF was he couldn't use the um paradigm shift and he ended up using anyways to winning without the rough scene so i appreciate that aspect it just shows they actually pay attention to the detail which is what i love about aw most to actually listen sometimes yeah. so it's a do to see but i thought it was a great way to end the show as you said we're recording this monday so because we had a little setback but the new episode of dynamite will be out two days from now on wednesday so i'm very excited for next week to wednesday to say the least yeah
0: Uh, So, that was AEW Dynamite. Thought it was a good show. Uh, To end this first episode of the podcast, you know, we started it off with talking about our top five favorite wrestlers of all time. And now we're going to end it by talking about our favorite WrestleManias of all time. Mm -hmm. So, I'll go first. Uh, Now, keep in mind, this is not... The reason we did favorites is because it's subjective. Yeah. You know, it's our personal opinions Yeah, whereas best would have been pretty objective and we probably would have had to give him the same answer
1: well trust we did the top five best wrestlers ever my list would look a lot different
0: yeah let's let's just be honest and so my favorite wrestlemania of all time it was in chicago illinois Mm
1: -hmm.
0: wrestlemania 22 yep 2006 um what we're going to do is just kind of talk about it briefly and run down the match card. It's not going to you know, be a big, long thing. Yeah. Uh, during the brand split, what they would usually do for the dark match before Mania started, they would do an inter-brand uh, battle royal. And so mm-hmm. they did it here, and Viscera won the battle royal. The show started off, Big Show and Kane uh, retained the world tag team titles by defeating Chris Masters and Carlito, who had a falling out post-match. Uh RBD, you know, Rob Van Damn Mr. Monday Night, the whole effing show. He wins Money in the Bank here. Uh that match was notable because Rick Flair was taking backdrops off the ladder at 103 years old. That dude's a maniac. Yeah.
1: Yes, he is. Uh
0: JBL won the US title by defeating Chris Benoit. Uh he rolled him up to and used the ropes to win the title. Mm-hmm. Edge defeated Mick Foley in a hardcore match which uh, this is notable for Edge spearing Foley through the flaming table Yeah, Mickey won the women's title by defeating Trish and this is infamous for Mickey who her whole body was hanging out of this attire and she did like the V lick it's been edited out of the network and she did like the crotch grab on Trish just overtly horny here for no reason But she won the women's title uh, from Trish. Undertaker defeated Mark Henry in a casket match to keep the streak alive. Uh, Shawn Michaels defeated Vince McMahon in a No Holds Barred match. And this is when they started teasing DX returning because Michaels did the crotch chop off the top of the ladder before he hit the elbow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rey Mysterio won the world title by defeating Randy Orton and Kurt Angle in a triple threat match. This is when Ray won the Royal Rumble and then put his shot up against the line or uh, on the line against Randy Orton at No Way Out and lost. And then Teddy Long was like, "Wait a minute, play. It's going to be a triple threat match." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get why. You know, it was uh, Eddie had just passed in November of '05, so they were riding that and they uh, were giving Ray a push because of it. The crowd, they were not happy. They wanted Kurt to win, but you know, everybody got why Ray won. Uh, The cooldown between the world title match, the world title matches, uh, Tori Wilson defeated Candice Michelle in a Playboy pillow fight. And in the main event, John Cena retained the WWE title by making Triple H tap out to the STFU. Yes. So, like I said, uh, you know, this was the first WrestleMania I ever got on DVD. Uh, It was one of the first ones I ever watched. You know, yeah. I was four years old. I loved it. it just, this time period is when I grew up. The ruthless aggression, the, the tail end of the ruthless aggression era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and due to the sentimental, plus, I've probably rewatched this pay-per-view a hundred times. You know, I just I love it. I can put it on and watch it the whole way through. I agree. So, is- uh, that's, you know, that was my favorite WrestleMania of all the time. I'm not saying it's the best, but that was my favorite.
1: Here we go. My favorite WrestleMania ever. WrestleMania 28, South Beach. Ooh, okay. South Beach, needless to say, South Beach, never been. But when I go one day, I have a feeling going to hold a special place in my heart. South Beach, Miami, Florida, WrestleMania 28. Now look, I'm going to run down the card. They were, not at, they were not at their peak this time. It broke by but that's because of the main event. We'll get to that. Seamus beat Brian at 18 seconds, I believe. Yeah. Terrible decision, in my opinion, but it got the crowd fired up. Great right way to start the show. The crowd was already electric because of the main event. Yeah. Next day they Kane versus Orton. Kane beat Orton. It was nice Kane to actually get a win because many people would think Orton would win. The intercrossing the title between Big Show and Cody Rhodes. Um, Big Show won. Kelly Cully and Marina Menounos versus even Beth Phoenix. This was before. Um, the women's revolution, so you know how this match was all of five minutes, I believe. Yeah. Is a shame because everybody in here could, besides Maria, was actually a wrestler. So I think they could have had a great match. But Kelly Kelly and Marina won just for the clout. Um Undertaker, Versus Triple H in a Hell in a Cell match. The um, end
0: of the era match, right? Yes. And then neither one retired.
1: Yeah. And it's, I how do I put this? Might be one of the most brutal matches I, I've ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating. When you actually go back and watch the match, Triple H has that thought where he's going to beat the ever-loving crap out of you anyways. And the Taker's the same way. And neither one of them will quit. And they're just going at it. And poor Shawn Michaels is the special guest referee. And he's in the ring. It's a hell a so much. What, what's Shawn going to do? He can't do anything. He's just there. Yeah. So... Poor Sean is in the ring and they're beating the ever loving crap out of each other. And that match resonated with me because I loved the No Host Bar match before at WrestleMania 27. And then they did Hell a Cell this year and at 28. So I that's that was match number one for why this buy rate was so big. Then they did Team Johnny versus Team Teddy. Shout out Teddy Long, but nobody asked for this match. Okay. And they did Sam Punk versus Jericho for the WWE title. Vastly underrated match in my opinion. They put right before the main event, if the card is right, I believe it was right before the main event. And that killed them because people are trying to that you just had Undertaker on Triple H. Nobody cares about Team Johnny versus Team Teddy again. Yeah. Shout out to Teddy Long GOAT. And then you put Jericho uh, and
0: uh, well yeah. you know if you're gonna shout out Teddy Long, you, you you've gotta shout out Johnny Ace, who was hey. selling out. The
1: Budokan Hall. <laughs> look, look Teddy Long is one of my favorite managers ever. People power. But CM Punk versus Jericho is a very good match. It just gets overshadowed because of where they put it and what was before it. Rock versus Cena. Do I need to say anything else? Like, Do I really need to go into detail on this? Yeah. The match was phenomenal from a standpoint of they just gave them time and let them do what they did if you give people time, they usually know what they're doing for the most part. Yeah. They did all the extravagant interests and all that stuff got everybody hyped up. And, you know, they're in Miami. So the rock is the overwhelming favorite with the crowd, which worked out very well. Cause the rock won. And my only, the match was phenomenal. I love the match. It was the first one I ever watched on DVD because I remember, I remember going to a family video, our happy time video. It's now closed in bro. Um, and just got it and rented it and watched it and I later bought it. So that that was my favorite. Um, the way because they this was the man they hyped up for the whole year because you remember at the end of twenty seven the Rock yeah. came out in you know, a title against the Miz and you just knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And, this,
0: and well that was on the Raw after twenty seven yeah. they you know first time ever the WrestleMania main event announced a year in advance.
1: Yeah. So. They just drug it out, and I thought they did it very well, in my personal opinion. And I, what else can I like? What else do I need to say about that? Honorable mention would be, be WrestleMania 24. I'm not going to run down the whole card because I just did mine. Honorable mention WrestleMania 24. Just throwing that out there. But I love the card. I that sell a 7. So I will always have a special place in my heart. My only gripe was they caught it once in a lifetime, and they did the same. They did the same main event the next year. Yeah. I don't. If that's you're gonna. Is... Call, Time. Just let it let it be done. But yeah, after, I, after I was
0: gonna say, like in the moment twenty eight was really good, but how they booked after twenty eight yeah. I feel like really yeah. hurt it. Yeah. Like looking back now, it's not as hype as it was because no. Undertaker and Triple H didn't retire. Yeah. Uh Sean ended up coming back for the Saudi Arabia show. Yeah, which I'm and they did Rock and Cena the next year at Mania. But at the if, moment, like yeah. there's a reason why it broke buy rates.
1: If they would have just let it be, it would have been phenomenal. Yeah. I understand why they did it again, because they, they, had, they, had, to, they had to get their golden child. They had to get Cena the win. I understand yeah. that. But all you had to do was not call it once in a lifetime. Just put five other words on the poster.
0: Or if they would have just left it once in a lifetime and not they run Cena and rock back, CM Punk would probably still be wrestling right now.
1: That's but very... that's a
0: different discussion to have. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh my uh, my honorable mention would be WrestleMania 23. That's my second favorite WrestleMania mm-hmm. of all time. It was the first one that I ever watched live. I remember it was my birthday present that year. Uh and up until the WWE Network came out like every cuz my birthday's in late April. So, yeah. uh my birthday present was always WrestleMania. Like I would yeah. I would watch WrestleMania.
1: I didn't just growing up, we didn't have cable for a lot of the time. So I didn't get the opportunity to uh buy pay-per-views. When we did have cable, I still didn't have the money to do because my birthday is in August. So yeah. May, April. So it's like, eh. So the first pay-per-view I actually, WWE pay-per-view I ever watched live was actually the Royal Rumble in 2017 with the network. But that's just another, but I've gone back and watched all of it. Don't don't come at me saying I'm not educated. I'm very educated in the subject. So, with that
0: said, this was the very first episode of the Four Star Classic. Thank you guys for listening, and until next time.